things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy, coming at you as I love to do. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, the No Mercy podcast with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. Wherever you can find podcasts, you'll find No Mercy with Stephen A. Smith. If I sound a little bit down today, it's because I am. It's a sad day. You know, mental health is a big, big deal. The power of positive thinking, the power of positive thoughts can never be ignored. We all understand that. And flippantly, we say those things to ourselves as one thinketh, so shall he or she be. We think along those lines a lot of times. We say those things, and it's not that we don't believe that. It's that we summarily dismiss it, and we don't pay rapt attention to it to the degree that we should. Uh, Because the grind of everyday life engulfs us all. But on a day like today, you're reminded of its importance because of the latest news. By now, many of you have heard about the untimely death of DJ Steven Twitch Boss. Remember him? The resident DJ and executive producer for the Ellen DeGeneres show for years. Also served as a judge on the dance competition show. So you think you can dance. Reports say that just days ago, he checked himself into a hotel room and within 24 hours was found by a maid with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. He killed himself. Suicide. Here's a brother that seemed to have it all. Wore a beautiful smile. Had a beautiful wife, three beautiful kids, from what the reports say, small children. His Instagram timeline was filled with dance videos that made so many people happy because the brother could throw down. Evidently, though, he was miserable. I met Twitch one time. Met him a few years ago, about three years ago in L.A. At some social event. We met one another, ran by one another. He was kind enough to come up to me, tell me what a fan he was of my work. Clearly, I was a fan of his because I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Ellen DeGeneres and her show. It was absolutely fantastic for years. Everyone you talked to, everyone that ran across him, everyone that knew him, all talked about what a great brother he is and now was. By the way, same name. His name is spelled like mine, Stephen with a P-H, not a V. That's a beautiful thing. But here's the reality. We're struggling, folks. No matter what way you slice it, you see people walking around with a smile on their face. 
everything's okay. The sunshine and warm weather of Southern California, everything's lovely. For years, you working on the Ellen DeGeneres show, which was number one. And as a result of that, you being an executive producer and all of that stuff, without question, you clearly benefited from that career-wise. And you wore it all over your face because every time somebody saw you, you were smiling. But looks can be deceiving, can't they? Too many are waging a war with mental health. And it's time for us to pay recognition to that. Just because an actor or an athlete appears to be living a high life doesn't mean everything's perfectly fine. It could all just be a facade because none of us actually knows what the hell is going on inside someone else's head. Should give us all cause to pause. Should make us reflect. Should actually make us think twice about the things that we say. And the things that we do and how it impacts the lives of other people, because you never know what level of abyss or what abyss they're lying in and the kind of impact it could have on their lives. I remember Michael Phelps. Y'all remember him? You've got to. He's the most successful and decorated Olympian of all time. 23 gold medals. No question, the best ever at what he did. Yet over the years, he's been incredibly transparent about his struggles living with depression, anxiety, even having suicidal thoughts. How can that be? 2004, after winning seven medals at the Athens Olympics, I was there in Athens, Greece, when he won those seven medals. Felt said he felt, quote, post-Olympic depression for the first time. This is a quote from him. It's like you're at the top of the mountain. You're like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? Who am I, he said. His push to self-reflection and self-awareness didn't occur until 2014 after he received his second DUI. That was seven years. What was that? That's 10 years later. 10 years later, he got help. Thank God he didn't kill himself in that time, considering what he said he was going through. After he got the DUI in 2014, he said, I felt like I didn't want to be alive anymore. And I felt for me that I was causing a lot of stress and issues for other people around me. So I thought the best thing for me to do was just leave. That same year, 2014, he checked himself into an inpatient treatment center where he spent 45 days. When he left the facility, he began feeling mentally well and healthier. And to this day, says he leans on therapy and self-care measures, but recognizes what works today might not work tomorrow. And it's an ongoing battle. T-Pain, remember him? Two Grammys. Second album, Epiphany, reached number one on the Billboard 200. Been featured in over 50 chart-topping singles. But last year, at age 38, he revealed how just one comment made by R&B singer Usher about him popularizing the software auto-tune sparked a four-year-long depression. One comment by Usher took him to that abyss. We're not blaming Usher for that. Let's be very, very clear about it. I'm quite sure it's safe to say Usher didn't wish the brother to go into depression. But it did. Thank God T-Pain is now not shy about speaking out about his efforts in maintaining good mental health. Rapper Megan Thee Stallion, rapper Fat Joe, radio host Charlemagne the God to Chrissy Teigen. 
How about actress Taraji B. Henson? How about NBA player Kevin Love? And he isn't the only one. The list goes on and on. Thank God they're alive and well. We can't say that about Twitch today. At some point in time, we got to look deep. And the the ordeal that T-Pain went through really, really scares me because I'm a person, ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a television screen every day, two hours a day. It is my job to call it like I see it, to talk about what I see, the positives and the negatives. When people make mistakes, to point it out, even if necessary, to get on them about it. And this is why I emphasize I never attack people. I attack what they do, not who they are. But in the case of T-Pain, with him talking about what Usher said about him, And how that led him to a four year long battle with depression, knowing that a comment could do something like that to somebody. I got to confess, it scares the living hell out of me about going to work every day, because I can tell you this as God is my witness on the soul of my mother. God rest her soul. I might call things like I see it. I might say what it is. I might even come across harsh when I'm doing it. I sincerely mean no harm to anybody. I'm only talking about an incident by incident basis. I mean, to know that any of us could have that kind of impact on another human being, it gives me cause to pause. I won't deny that it's given me inspiration to really, really think about what I do and how I do my job on an everyday basis. And it's going to elevate my ability and my willingness to be that much more sensitive about the things that I touch and the people I touch on. To know that you can ultimately end up having that kind of profound impact in a negative fashion against another human being. Because I love the Lord. And I love the human race. And I love my peoples. I want to have that kind of effect. Something to think about. My heart goes out to Twitch and his family. To Twitch's family, rather. His wife, his beautiful children. It's such a sad day. Two weeks before Christmas, and his wife is a widow, and three children won't get to say Merry Christmas to their daddy. There's a lot that people can feel about this. There's a lot they undoubtedly feel about this. We know how it is. But for the moment, prayers up. God bless his soul. God bless his family. My guest for this episode dealt with her own mental health struggles while she was a member of one of the biggest groups in music. My conversation with Destiny Child's Michelle Williams up next right here on No Mercy in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline Until I flatline, I push it to the red line Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Welcome back to No Mercy. My guest today has been using her angelic voice to entertain millions of fans for over 20 years. In doing so, she became a Grammy Award-winning recording artist and a veteran of the Broadway stage, okay? She sung the word of God on several acclaimed gospel albums. Oh, and before I forget was one third of one of the most successful female singing groups of all time in Destiny's Child, selling over 50 million albums. 
She's now following her true passion, raising awareness around mental health, working as an ambassador for the Office on Women's Health, fighting depression and anxiety. She's an author of the book, checking in how getting real about depression saved my life. Ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable, the wonderful, the one and only Michelle Williams. How are you? How's everything? Stephen A., all is well. Um, you didn't add that I'm owner, a minority owner of the WNBA team, the Chicago Sky, bro. I did not know that. Yeah, and I I, I thought that people would like to know that I I dip my feet in sports a teach. Okay, excuse me. Part owner of the Chicago Sky, no doubt about it. Listen, Michelle, it's always great to talk to you. I've interviewed you before. You're absolutely wonderful to talk to. And I, I just wanted to... I wanted to get into your book, but I also wanted to talk about you. You know, you've battled extreme depression Mm -hmm. for decades, according to you. You Mm -hmm. didn't reveal it until 2020. Um, When did you find the courage in yourself to not just admit it, but to talk about it, to write about it? Um, Let's see. The, The crazy thing is, too, about bios, you don't put everything in there, timelines and all that stuff. But I actually revealed it. In 2013, mm. I was I was doing a promo run for the musical Fela, mm. and um, I was talking to a journalist from some from somebody from the Associated Press, and somehow just in conversation, I said, "Oh, I've been dealing with depression. I, you know, I, I I know what it's like to be in the bed for weeks, and I didn't think that it would make that part of the printed interview." I just thought we're going to talk about Fela, but somehow we got on the topic of mental health. Well, that portion made the interview and Mm. it was on the lower thirds of CNNs of various news networks. It was in the papers. It was everywhere. And I was like, what did I just do? Am I going to be seen as a liability in the industry? Like, Mm. because you want to you 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 got to be seen as smiling and well and strong and positive. So it was revealed in 2013. But I was at the Today Show and I was somewhere in Chicago, I think at WGN. Mm. And in those two different states and cities, two people pulled me to the side. And the ones that pulled me to the side were men who said, thank you for being so vulnerable and transparent, you helped me. Mm. When men pulled me to the side and it, and it yeah. wasn't a holler at me, which most don't, by the way, mm. is, that don't happen. But I was like, I'm going to keep talking about it. So from 2013 till now, I talk about it. 2018, I voluntarily checked myself into a treatment facility for depression in 2018. So from 2013 to 2018, I've been advocating. I've been on, you know, with different mental health organizations. So in 2018, I was like, you can't be a hypocrite. You got to go do the same thing you've been telling people to do, which is to check in and go get the help you need. Mm. Brave of you, no doubt about it. I want to know some of the myths surrounding depression and anxiety. And I ask that from the standpoint that I imagine it's difficult for others to understand how a celebrity Mm-hmm. could be dealing with bouts of depression and even suicide when you appear to have it all because you're thinking about the grind. Bills need to be paid and all of this other stuff. What most people go through when you become a star, 
people think, okay, money's not a concern. And if money's not a concern, then what is there to be depressed about? A lot of yeah. people use it and, and, and just, just explain it just as basic as that. But obviously for those who've endured it, like you've admitted you have, it goes far deeper than that. What's some of the myths that you'd like to, you know, just, just eradicate? Some of the myths are if you have money, if you are a celebrity, you don't have depression. First of all, I came into Destiny's Child with depression. I've had depression since I was in the seventh grade. Um, success does not, people think once you are successful, it eradicates trauma, it eradicates pain. Those things that you suffered with before your income tax, before your tax bracket changed. No, my tax bracket just changed, but it mm. didn't change stuff that was going on on the inside of me. Now, having that tax bracket change and being able to afford resources, yes, yes, but success yeah. did not heal my pain and trauma. Um, uh, depressed, depressed people aren't sad looking people all the time. Mm. Depressed. What do they look like? Our friend Stephen Boss, Twitch. Every picture smiling. Every day on the Ellen DeGeneres show, smiling. Michelle Williams with Beyonce and Kelly Rowland, killing it. Fine. Mm. Thighs is glistening. Heels is high. Woohoo! Yeah. yeah. Dealing with depression. Mm. People don't know like getting off stage and Miss Tina knows Beyonce's mom has to walk into my hotel room and say, girl, open up these curtains. Get some light in here. Mm. That's high functioning depression. It's not necessarily a diagnosis, but it's like somebody's on drugs who's an high functioning addict. It doesn't take away from the quality of work that they present. They're just able to function while high, while drunk. You're able to function with depression and anxiety. I imagine you were rebuffed when, or you you said you expected to be rebuffed. You expected a negative fallout yes. uh, from, from admitting such a thing. Um, how did people react or how did you feel when you were rebuffed? Because mm -hmm. I have no doubt in my mind that somebody must have rebuffed your assertions and what you were feeling about depression. They must have rebuffed it. You, I saw a few things like, oh gosh, another celebrity with the pity party. Wanting us to, oh, here we go. You don't have nothing to worry about. Stop whining. But then the majority of the people, thank you. Old, older women um, sending me DMs about what their children are going through, saying, you've given me hope. My child has hope because of you. Thank you. I got more thank yous, but of course, it's those few that do hit home because they were like, well, you say you're a Christian and you believe in God, but you're depressed. So I don't want to believe in this God that you sing about mm -hmm. and you depressed. And I was yeah. like, so, it's, so you, you think about that. So should I hush on my faith? Mm. You know, De definitely. I, I see what you're saying, because some people would challenge you. They'll challenge you about your faith, because if you have that faith, they'll literally look at you and say, what the hell is there to be depressed about? They'll literally come at you like that. But let, let's transition uh, to, to Twitch. Uh, Stephen Boss that um, just committed suicide, mm -hmm. age 40, married with three kids, former executive producer for the, with the Ellen DeGeneres show, obviously a phenomenal dancer as well. Um your thoughts when you first heard that he had passed away? 
I feel like I want to be the one with the bullhorn. Saying no. With the bullhorn? Yeah, the bullhorn, yeah. the thing. No, hold on. No, 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 no. Don't, don't. It's temporary. It's temporary. It's like a season. The fall, winter, summer, spring. It's temporary. It, I promise you. Is that really the biggest issue, though, Michelle, that whatever people are feeling at that particular moment in time, they're of the mindset that it'll never end? Okay. Is that what it's about? Oh, okay. So I've been there, hopeless. I've been there. Let me ask you this, because I want to be, I'm not being critical of Twitch or anybody who's felt like, uh, listen, I've gone through the, the worst I ever felt was when I lost my mother. Mm. I never wanted to kill myself, but I wanted to die. I didn't care because my, losing my mother in 2017, just five years ago, was the most devastating thing I've ever experienced mm. in my life. And I will openly confess to you that there is, I'm a lot better now, but there's not a single day that goes by where I don't go into this dark place where I just don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't even want to see light outside. All I want to do is be alone in my thoughts because I know that anybody that sees me is going to be worried about me. And, and it, it might last minutes. Back a few years ago, it was lasting hours, days, days. Yes. and what time. But I do find myself thinking about Twitch and I'm saying, my heart goes out to him. I'm so sad for him and his family. Yes. I'm thinking about those three kids who don't get to say Merry Christmas to their dad. Mm in less than two weeks. And I need to understand, I want to understand how that's not something that comes in your mind when you think about mm -hmm. going to that dark place that we sit here today wishing that he had gotten himself out of. It is a thought. It is a thought. But you are just so overwhelmed and in such pain. You're like, I don't want them to see me really going through what I'm going through. And it's not that sometimes it's not that you want it to die. You just don't know how to live in the. It's too painful. It's too uncomfortable. You feel trapped in your own. Stuff. And I think for me at that time, it it wasn't a relationship that broke down. It wasn't because of a man. It, it wasn't. It, there was something that happened and I felt overlooked, left out. That was. But that that was the tip of the iceberg. But if you really look under an iceberg under the water, it's some deep root. It's like a deep. Yeah. We see the tip of the iceberg. Right. So to me. How I was feeling at the time, that was just, that was the okay. last thing, as they say, the straw, but that broke the camel's back. But the mo majority of the time, Stephen, it's just some deep-rooted stuff. We don't know. I don't want to assume and make assumptions. I don't, we, none of, we probably will never know what was going on in, on in his mind, but it wasn't surface. Something triggered something that is deep, deep mm. in there. You know, I, I'm going to go to his smile. I'm going to go to how enthusiastic mm. he appeared to be. Mm. And it's just a question because I don't know and listeners don't know. And we, we need to learn more. What about those who look and they say, the Ellen DeGeneres show, 
number one hit show. Fantastic. You were synonymous with it, not just as an executive producer, but somebody that was visible on the show every single day. It's almost like the athlete that you don't hear the cheer, the crowd anymore. The musician that no longer hears the applause and the fawning from the crowd anymore. And all of a sudden you wake up one day, it's going covering sports. I remember when Junior Seau for the San Diego Chargers committed, ultimately committed suicide. And people talk about CTE, CTE and stuff like that. But but you also had others saying when the music stops, figuratively speaking, you don't know what to do. What about those that look at Twitch right now and think that that may have played a role? Well, like I said, um, Michelle Williams, I am not here to make assumptions yeah. on someone's life or death. But yeah. when you when you talk about people who played in the NFL, when you talked about Destiny's Child doing our last tour in 2005, and I didn't think it, we would ever end. Right. Your identity. The reason why you get so. Because you don't know who you are without holding that leather ball. Right. You don't know who you are when you're not on television five days a week right. in millions of people's homes. Yeah. Who am I if I'm not getting my hair and makeup done in an arena with thousands of people shouting my name mm -hmm. and security and chefs and cooking our food? Who am I right. outside of this? So we cannot base our, we cannot base our identity on... Again, stuff that's temporary. Who base your identity on who you are in your heart. Base your identity on the people who are left standing, who are there for you when the music stops. Mm. Who am I, you know, to my mom? I'm Tanitra Michelle Williams, who got to go get her cornbread mix <laughs> if she forgot it right. for her dressing. Pick up the kids from school. I'm a, I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a friend. You know what I, I mean? Who, I, totally, who, I, I hear not, you loud and clear. I'm still Stephen A. I gotta go take out the garbage. I gotta go to my sister's house. I gotta take for this errand. Don't don't forget. Don't forget. I, I, my sisters. They call me Steve. They don't give a damn about Stephen A. You heard what we said. You know, we don't give a damn about all of that. That's what you hear all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yep. Now I'm gonna say this. The great thing is we've a lot of us we've been put in great positions to live out our dreams. And a lot of times you don't say anything because there's something in the back of your mind. It's like, if you say something, will people think you're not grateful for the right. influence that you have? Yeah. You ought to be grateful. You can drive into a parking lot and your name is on the parking structure where you can park. But again, that don't heal trauma. And prayerfully, we can change our perspectives. I just talked with somebody today and they were like, man, I hate I got to do this. I hate I got to do this. I hate I hate this is happening. I said, well, what about we change it to I get to? Yeah. I hate working out. No, I get to work out. I get to work out. Hey, going to work. I get to go to work. I get. But we don't want toxic positivity either where we don't acknowledge how a person is really feeling. Right. Totally. So feel your, feel your feelings. Feel the frustration, the anger, the sadness, the hopelessness, because all of those are human emotion mm. that we have yeah. feel that acknowledge it all right what are we gonna do with it mm. last couple of questions here i've learned there's several tools one can use to battle the difficult times be it therapy journaling journaling or daily checking 
You even created one with the book, The Daily Check-In, a 60-day journey to help readers process emotions that cause the feelings of being overwhelmed. Now, explain how this works. Oh, my gosh. So I love uh, the journal. Even if you don't have my book checking in, you can just get the journal and their little prompts from the book as well. But it's short. It probably would take you five minutes each day to read, write, reflect, and meditate after you've read each prompting. It's to help people like we all as a child had emotional needs that needed to be met. Now, I didn't have all those needs met, but I was like, I'm going to be successful anyway. I knew I knew in the seventh grade that I was going to be successful. I didn't know to this capacity. I was in college mm. excited. I was like, I'm going to be making 75 G's when I leave college. You know what I mean? And so, but that didn't erase certain emotional needs that were not met. And then as an adult, you start exhibiting symptoms of not having affection, affirmation, security. and But I know there are some people in your world when we're like athletic or entertainers, you got to have tough skin. You're numb to not having those emotional needs right. met. But I'm telling you, there's going to come a time where you are reminded of and then you're going to grieve it. So I'm also teaching people how to properly grieve certain losses. And I don't mean just loss of a loved one, but properly grieving loss of an opportunity, loss of a an unwise decision that you made and you lost some time because you're dealing with the consequences of a decision made. Mm. Those are things we grieve as an adult. Right. And you're here now. Do you attribute most of it to therapy? Mm -hmm. family and yes. loved ones. I know mm -hmm. it's a combination of all. Please don't yes, get me sir. wrong. All friends, mm -hmm. family, loved ones. Ain't nothing like an inner circle that got nothing but love for you. That's special. Ain't yes, nothing sir. like that. But 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 therapy, how important, uh, how big of a proponent of, of that are you? I'm such a huge proponent of therapy. I went to my very first official therapy session in 2012. And by the way, I didn't know black people went to therapy. Um, it, uh, it, uh, um, Tina, Tina knows Lawson said to me one day years ago when we were talking about something in her then hair salon at the time. And she mentioned something about Beyonce and Solange and how they all go to therapy. I was like, y'all go to therapy? Wow. Black people? Yeah. So I went to my first therapist session and there were people in there that looked like us, a grown man with a suit on who could have been a few miles up the road at the Chrysler plant an executive, but needed to check in. And I was raised in church. So, you know, we're talking, pray about it. Yeah. God's going to fix it. God's mm. going to work it out. I consider but my I number one therapist, my pastor, me personally. Oh, right. But let's, let's, let's check in about that. Sometimes our pastors are not equipped That's true. to deal with mental illness, depression, anxiety. Yes, let's pray about it. But I love that I can go to my therapist too. Dr. Anita Phillips says prayer is a weapon. Therapy is strategy. It gives me strategy on what to really, I get strategy on what to specifically pray about. Mm. And I use prayer as the weapon. To up help help me uproot. I use my faith to help me uproot. You can those are y'all that are like, 
You shouldn't use therapists in place of God. You can have both and. I got God and a physician. Yeah, I got it. Before I let you go, <laughs> yes, last sir. question to you is we reflect on the passing um, of Twitch. What words, final words, would you like to leave with folks mm. about what we need to do moving forward in light of what so many people are experiencing and questioning about themselves right now in the aftermath of his passing? Mm -hmm. I don't encourage people to gloss over their feelings. Like we said earlier, feel how you feel. But we need help processing what you feel. And by the way, therapy just isn't for trauma. It could be how to do with the transition of moving from a state to state. You're processing the thought of a new job. And by the way, uprooting your family from a state to another can, is a form of trauma. It's not just blood and guts and death and this. They're, they're, that, that's, that's traumatic. So I just want to encourage people about what therapy is not mm. and what it's just people feel like, well, I wasn't sexually abused as a child, so why do I need to go to therapy? Mm. I, I promise you, you will know that therapy and processing pain, trauma, transition, a relationship, you need you need to help. Well, how, how do I put people in their proper, how do I establish boundaries? And it's okay to seek assistance for that. So I'm just encouraging people. There is hope, but sometimes you got to do some work. Yeah. To get it. Hmm. And I promise you, I promise you, this little girl from Rockford, Illinois, I'm telling you, it gets better. I didn't think it would, but I literally feel like I am walking, living, and breathing in the better. Wow. The author of Checking In, How Getting Real About Depression Saved My Life. The wonderful, incomparable Michelle Williams, part owner, minority owner of the Chicago Sky of the WNBA. We're going to talk about that later on. All right. You take care of yourself. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time. Absolutely. You got it. Take care. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline Until I flatline, I push it to the red line Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? What a wonderful person to talk to Michelle Williams of Destiny's Child Gospel singer Recording artist Author And obviously high end motivator too And on a day like today, we need that Because I gotta tell you Everywhere that I've been over the last few days You just got people shaking their head Wondering how in the how in God's name he would commit suicide. I mean, what do you say? What do you say to that? It's just, it's devastating, you know, and it just leaves you raked in sadness, to be quite honest with you. But you got to lift yourself up. And one of the things I think is important to peel from what Michelle was saying is a identifying what the problem is and two having the courage to tackle it. And part of having the courage to tackle it is recognizing the fact that seeking help is not a weak thing to do. It's not something to be frowned upon. It actually takes bravery to acknowledge that you need help and you need the guidance and the support and the counseling of someone else 
to maneuver you through that terrain. We don't want to admit that. And I was glad she pointed out because she said she went to therapy and she didn't know black folks were in therapy. Beyonce's mama told her Beyonce and Solange have been in therapy. She didn't know, even when she was a part of Destiny's Child, she didn't know that this was happening. I mean, just think about that for a second. Twitch sat up there and he smiled and he smiled in everybody's face. It wasn't a negative thing that he was doing. It wasn't something that was fake. He, some people get a high off of seeing others high off of them. The smile and the jubilation and the joy that they bring to others' lives, sometimes it's inspiration enough. But ultimately, you got to get to your own space. One of the things that I do, one of the things that I'm very, very happy about with my life at this moment in time is the fact that I am perfectly fine being alone. It doesn't mean that it's something that makes you happy and that's what you seek and you sort out and you pursue. That's not what I mean. What I mean is when I'm alone in these quiet places and there's no one to lean on but me, I'm okay. The thoughts that circulate through my head, the things that I reflect upon, it doesn't affect me. It motivates me. I shouldn't say it doesn't affect me because it does affect me, but it affects me in a positive way. Sometimes when you peel people away from the crowd and the spotlight and they got to be with themselves, they don't like life. And I asked the questions that I asked to Michelle because it really threw me for a loop. Or I, on this day, listen, my heart goes out to Twitch boss, former executive producer for the Ellen DeGeneres show and the dancer. My heart goes out to him. My God, what he must have been going through to commit suicide. But I can't help on this day thinking about his children. Before Christmas, less than two weeks before Christmas, this happens. And instead of saying Merry Christmas, Daddy, they've got to say goodbye. It's just heart-wrenching to think about. But what should also heighten our sensitivity is imagine how heart-wrenching it is, or it was, for Twitch to be going through what he was going through to such a point that it would compel him to inflict this upon himself, to end his life, leaving his wife and three kids to have to live with that reality for the rest of theirs. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I really wouldn't. So thank you again, Michelle, for enlightening us about the power, the negative power that depression can have. The negative influence that depression can have, what it can lead you to. How you don't even know what provokes it. How no matter how religious you are, how spiritual you are, how God fearing you are. You just never know the abyss people are living in. It's something for all of us to reflect upon. It's something for all of us to learn from, to guard against, and to do everything that we can to pay attention to ourselves. 
So we know what minefields we need to avoid. We'll know the minefields when we spot them. We'll have an idea of what help, what assistance we should seek and how it may save us. Because as Michelle explained, she's had her moments. It was a riveting conversation and I'm appreciative of it. That's part of the reason I love doing this podcast so much. I learned so much more than I ever thought possible. And I'm thankful for it. It makes me better. It makes me stronger. And I hope it did the same for you too. If any of you out there, if you're thinking about suicide, you're worried about a friend or a loved one, or you like emotional support, the Lifeline Network is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week across the United States. Please call 988. That's it for this edition of No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. Remember to catch me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Remember, come January 9th, I am on video. Not just audio. I'll be on video January 9th. So look for it. Until then, we'll talk. You'll see me on TV doing my sports. But remember, just because you see me doing that, you know what I'm going to say to you, right? You don't have to know sports to know mercy. And if there was ever a day that that statement is applicable, it most certainly is today as we talk about the passing, the unfortunate passing of Stephen Twitch boss. God bless his soul. He'll be missed by many, but none more so than the wonderful family he left behind. Peace and love, everybody. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts. Guess who's got a memoir coming out, ladies and gentlemen? Yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. It's entitled Straight Shooter, and it's available right now for pre-order. I have signed these books, just so you know. So you can visit straightshooterbook.com to order your autographed copy today. In the book, I talk about my life before ESPN, growing up in Hollis, Queens, New York, how sports proved to be my salvation. I talk about some of the mistakes I've made in my life and my impact on the world of sports. The book is called Straight Shooter, and it's written to help motivate you to overcome setbacks that maybe prevent you from reaching your dreams. So go right now and order your autographed copy of my memoir, straightshooterbook.com. Don't wait. It's entitled Straight Shooter. Check it out. Don't miss it.